The dream economy is here. Are you coming? Welcome, my name is Katherine Morrison, and as I've coached countless online entrepreneurs into six, multiple six-figure and half-million-dollar businesses, I've learned a lot. One of the main things is that I'm not just here to help you create a high quantity of money. It's actually pretty easy. I'm here to help you do that through the highest quality money imaginable. That means activating and amplifying your unique frequency to take your being and form it into a magnetic, sharply differentiated brand that has clients dropping in out of the sky, salivating to work with you specifically, not someone who does that thing you do. I'm here to help you open the channel for the creation that wants to come through you, where growing your business and building demand comes from razor sharp business precision and business growth is always tied to an expansion of your pleasure. Expanding your mind and your nervous system to create more, receive more, and be bigger in visibility and impact in the world than your rational mind ever imagined possible. This isn't matrix business building. It's business building through soul ascension. This isn't just business coaching. This is the timeline to your destiny. Are you ready to play? Welcome to the Ascension Through Entrepreneurship podcast. Let's get started. going to be sharing with you a throwback episode that got incredibly amazing feedback when we aired it. Like people said it was one of those episodes that they would just play on repeat and basically just train themselves into a completely new way of being as they were going about implementing it and doing scary things in their business. But then I created more amazing podcast episodes, and I honestly just kind of forgot about this episode until last week when I was coaching a client. She was in an intense, she was in a trauma response, basically. She was in a lot of fear, a lot of scarcity. The intensity of her emotions were very, very high. But then as we took some deep breaths and started to parse it out, it was this incredibly intense emotional response to her brain and body basically believing she was not safe. But it was once we really stepped outside of it and started looking at it like a child that wakes up from a nightmare, right? Of course, you know, as the parent that they're safe, but as the parent, you don't tell them to shut up and go back to sleep because monsters aren't real. Would not be a very good A plus parent thing to do. What you do when your child wakes up from a nightmare is even though you know the nightmare isn't real, that doesn't take away the experience of your child in an intense emotional response where they're freaking out, they're crying, they're highly emotional, they're very, very scared. And in that moment, as a responsible, loving parent, you hug their shaking bodies so tight, knowing that of course the nightmare wasn't real, but that actually doesn't matter because in the present moment, what your job is as the parent is to help your child feel safety, to help your child regulate themselves in that moment because they do not have the tools to regulate themselves. 
So in that moment, you are coming in with a well-regulated nervous system and you are hugging them and then they are co-regulating with you. Their quaking bodies feel that your nervous system is not freaking out, right? And so because of that, then they're able to really attune to you and to find calm and to find safety. And after a little bit of time, they settle back to sleep. Because once they come out of the intensity of that emotional experience that was created in the mind, right? That's how intense the mind is. When you wake up from a nightmare as a child, or I mean, as we have these as adults too, right? It feels very intense in our bodies when we wake up. That's the power of the mind. And that's the exact same thing that's happening with you and your business when you're scared to post, when you're scared to go on video for the first time, right? It's like an inability in that moment for you to see like what the real danger is, what the real, uh, like this, you, how much safety you have in that moment versus how much safety you're perceiving to have in your internal world when you're tethered to fear and scarcity, like the intensity of that, right? So what's interesting is I now have training in trauma and somatics. So I know so much more now than I did when I actually recorded the podcast that we'll be playing. But even in the episode today, which was recorded when I only had mindset training, it's fascinating that I had accidentally already cracked the code on it for myself in that experience. When I recorded this, I didn't have the training in the nervous system yet. And I make the mistake in the podcast when you listen, you'll hear me say safety is created in the mind when obviously anyone who knows, like if you're in this world, I think this was podcast was like 18 months ago. It's like safety is definitely created in the body. Safety is definitely created. It's a nervous system thing. You cannot create safety in your mind. But even when I said it was created in the mind, I then talk about dropping into my body and scanning my surroundings to find safety. And what's so fascinating is that what I had sort of invented for myself as someone who was just trying to overcome my intense fear of like showing up day to day in my business, I had just accidentally discovered a tool that somatic practitioners actually use very consistently for people healing trauma. And I just kind of stumbled upon it accidentally as a thing that worked before I'd even been formally trained in it. And again, I just want to say, a lot of people, uh, it's interesting, actually, I was talking to a neighbor the other day and he's like not in my world or coaching or personal development at all. He like owns a software company, but I think it's sort of out in mainstream media enough. Like I think a lot of the collective is starting to understand what trauma actually means, but if you haven't gotten the memo, <laughs> trauma doesn't mean that you went to war. Trauma just means that your nervous system experienced something either too much, too fast or too little for too long. So too little for too long could be a parent that was not showing you a lot of emotional attention, right? A, a, which we need, right? Like we have a certain amount of that we, we need as children. And so that would create a certain imprint in the nervous system. Something that's like too much too fast could be, could be as simple as like getting bullied on the playground as a little kid and then not having the ability to regulate yourself. It could be something more intense, which is, I think, what we then generally think of as trauma, trauma, like something like war or sexual violence, any of that. But these things, like 
there's a difference between little t trauma and big T trauma. And I think for a lot of people, when they think of the word trauma, they're only thinking about the big T trauma. And the more that I have spent so much time coaching people, I am not sure if I've ever, I mean, I will just say, I don't think I've ever coached someone that doesn't have little T trauma. So I just wanted to quickly share this somatic tool very quickly. It is so simple. It like, do not let the simplicity of it keep you from really taking it seriously to consistently implement it. Because this tool, if you do genuinely use it in conjunction with the content of this podcast, which is basically waking up, turning the lights on inside of you and becoming conscious and aware that you're having a crazy intense emotional response that is not that is not in alignment with the reality of what's happening outside of you in the moment, right? Like you've got to at least have that much awareness to start using this tool, but work on it, right? Just sometimes you won't be able to catch yourself. You might, I mean, listen, guys, uh, three or four years ago, I, I lived, I lived in a chronically high stress response. So sometimes for me, it would like, I would be in a crazy intense emotional experience like this for hours before I remembered to turn the lights on. Okay. We don't, the goal isn't to do it perfectly. The first time the goal is like, if you get 5% better this week and then 5% better next week, and you do that every single week, you will literally have a completely different brain and body just from this one tool and the content of this podcast. Okay. So when you find yourself in one of those experiences where you're totally just freaking the fuck out, it could be that a client backs out of a contract. It could be that you're just scared to go live on video for the first time. It could be, maybe you're like, oh no, like I'm not even there yet. It could be just being willing to post online if you're very early on, right? It doesn't matter what the actual thing is. What matters is the way you're experiencing it, okay? So it could be that your Aunt Martha, who spends all of her time getting scared on the news, she just watches the news all the time to like scare herself to be in a stress response. She's constantly calling you and telling you that a recession is coming and the sky is falling. So you better shrink and start clinging. (laughs) Whatever the trigger is, okay? So when you feel it, that intense emotional experience, Ask yourself to wake up inside of yourself in that moment. And then rather than just attuning to the swirl of intense fear and intense doubt and intense whatever that is inside of you, right? In that moment, like basically I'm not safe, right? Any feeling like that, then when we don't believe we're safe, we get really fucking weird, okay? So you want to bring awareness to the present moment outside of you. Take a few really big, deep breaths and just see with your own eyes what's around you in the room. Start to look for different colors or textures. Look down at your hands. Listen for sounds that you weren't aware of before. Maybe there's wind chimes outside. Maybe there's an air conditioner running that you didn't hear until you got really quiet and really present in that moment. And then all of a sudden, you have a deeper awareness 
of what's happening around you in that moment, okay? Really attune yourself to where you are sitting in that moment and be there now. This will 100% help to start to settle your nervous system. This tool in somatic experiencing is called orienting. And what it does is it helps you develop a more accurate neural perception in the present moment. It helps you develop a, a more accurate sense of safety, danger, and whether or not your life is actually threatened in the here and now, which is always where we want to be living. The problem is that most people are living in a swirl of made up shit in their brains and bodies that they're like not even attuned to the present moment, okay? So we always wanna be building for our future, but alive and aware with the reality of the present moment. So please enjoy today's podcast. Take that super simple tool of orienting. And I promise if you ask yourself to even just become 5% more awake this week, and then another 5% next week, just another 5% every single week, you will start to notice. Notice more quickly when you're sliding into fear, insecurity, uh, basically a stress response that isn't aligned with the reality of the present moment, and you will be able to shift yourself out of it more quickly. This tool will literally change your life. You will really start to reshape your nervous system if you are just becoming more aware in the present moment. Now, obviously, if you attune to the present moment and there is a tiger, don't sit and look around the room. Definitely run. <laughs> but for most of us, we are just writing words to humans on the internet. We are just scared to death of showing up, of being seen, especially being seen all of the parts of us, our full authenticity, and even further, our full expression, our full power. That to us is fucking terrifying. But that, my loves, is not something to run from, to freeze from, to fly away from. That is something to take a deep breath every single time, come into the present moment, and lean into. You are safe to expand every single time. Enjoy today's podcast episode, and I'll talk to you all next week. I had such an interesting experience this morning. My coach had asked me to provide her with a video sharing some of the most powerful thoughts that have created the amount of money in my business that I've created. And the first one that sprang to mind for me was the unrelenting devotion to focusing on possibility, right? Rather than living in probability, always focusing on possibility. But as I felt into that, I knew something was missing. It's like, you know, it's not just that. And as I sat with it, I had this sort of eureka-like moment of exactly what I wanted to say in this three-minute video that I created for her. 
and exactly the way I wanted to say it in order to convey the power of my message. And the more I let it sink into my bones, or maybe more accurately kind of emanate out from my soul, I realized it's a flavor of what I've taught here on the podcast. And I want to delve into it today from an angle that might help it land a little bit deeper for you. So first, I want to return you guys to Maslow's hierarchy. And if you're a new listener to the show, you're not a psychology or sociology nerd, you can head back to episode 11 of this podcast on coming into entrepreneurship and Maslow's hierarchy for my take on the framework as it applies to this work. But the gist of it is this. Abraham Maslow introduced this framework in the early 1940s as a way to fundamentally understand human motivation, the themes and threads he observed in our ability as humans to thrive and expand. And at its basis, it's pretty simple. If you don't have food and water, you're not going to be worried about whether or not your friend Jamie meant something mean when she texted you that thing last week. Your brain would not allow any space for that because if it believed your ability to survive was at risk, it would shoot into survival mechanisms and it would put all of its time and focus and energy onto surviving. You would be very singularly focused on finding food and water. But where it gets tricky is how it's actually way more about human thought than it is about having shelter and food and water. And just like to be super extreme about it, let's stick to food and water, right? If I went a day without food, I would be freaking out because I'm very used to eating meals at regular intervals throughout the day. This is what most people do, but there's actually a fairly decent number of people who have intentionally taken on intermittent fasting for their health, right? It's not even considered, I think, that niche or weird anymore. There's a pretty decent number of people that do this. Then that's basically intentionally going long stretches of time without eating. And it's likely pretty hard at first, but like any other habit, it's something that people can settle into. And then... Let's go even more extreme. It's a very well-known thing that many sects of monks will go through long periods of fasting. In Japan, there's a ritual called doiri, which involves fasting for nine days straight. Nine days straight. (laughs) So if you put me in a situation where I wasn't expecting or hadn't prepared for there to be no food, my lizard brain would take over. I even, I, I think I referenced that in episode, in the episode 11 podcast, the experience in the pandemic where people collectively went into the stress response, right? They went into fight or flight and they were just believing their lizard brain and everybody started hoarding all the food at the grocery stores. And if someone were deprived of food and water and then spent all of their time worried and freaking out and in complete resistance, they would actually end up wearing down the available energy they had, right? Without eating more food and water, they would wear down their available energy so much faster than if they didn't spend all of their time freaking out and worrying and resisting. They would not be able to survive nine days like these monks do. And these monks, why are they able to do it? 
because they have extremely well-trained minds. So they are able to very effectively conserve energy for much longer periods of time than the average human. So even in something as basic or seemingly black and white as food and water are basic human needs, there is actually a huge range of possibility around how necessary and how often it is needed based on your mental hygiene, on your mindset and how well trained it is. So then coming back to Maslow's hierarchy, one of the things Maslow found and put as one of the bottom tiers of his pyramid as he was exploring, you know, like what needs to be sort of, um, I kind of imagine it like a submarine, right? Like it, you need to sort of have it sealed off and complete, needs to feel totally zipped up before you can move on to the next level in the pyramid, right? Which basically means certain things need to be fulfilled before you are able to move up to the next level. And one of the things at the bottom of the pyramid is safety. If you do not feel safe, you're not going to be thinking about whether Jamie meant that possibly mean thing in her text last week. Your brain will be laser focused on getting you out of danger and finding safety. This is important to know because at the top of Maslow's hierarchy is self-actualization which is defined as the realization or fulfillment of one's talents or potential. Self-actualization is the top of the pyramid, the pinnacle of the human experience, and what many of my clients are choosing to lean into through their journey of entrepreneurship. Self-actualization is the world of possibility. Self-actualization is the world of potential, and you cannot stretch into it unless you have that lower level base need of safety met. And as I sat with what the two main thoughts were that have created the business that I have today, I realized before I even got to it's possible, the first thought that I needed to constantly ground myself into on this journey was, I am safe. And not just thinking it in my head, right? Like saying it like a mantra, but feeling your nervous system like totally <laughs> activated and freaking out, right? Like actually dropping into my body and scanning my surroundings and like really making myself see that nothing was going to happen. I was not going to die when my fight or flight response would activate. And it was only after many repeated experiences of me grounding deeply into safety for myself that it became much more my default state. And from having that safety piece under my belt, I was then really able to spread my wings and fly into possibility. This is really top of mind for me right now because my youngest child is two years old and safe has been a new word for him. And he's constantly asking me, if he is safe, if things are safe. Recently, he was on a swing that was able to swing a lot higher than normal swings that he goes on. And you could tell he was kind of exhilarated, but also terrified. And he looked at me with a grin on his face, but sheer terror in his eyes. And he just asked, safe, mommy? And I dropped into deep connection with him in that moment. And I looked at him and I told him he was safe. 
And I could literally see the tension melt away from his little body. It was like super upright, super tense, like very scared. He was going really high. And the moment he heard his mommy tell him he was safe, you could see his spine literally relaxed and he just got the biggest smile on his face and he had a ball. Once he knew he was safe because his mommy had told him so. This is extremely relevant to entrepreneurship. Because making money selling your services will require you going out of your current comfort zone. Making massive money selling your services will require a commensurate amount of expansion outside of what feels safe to you. And that could be as little as going live on video. That could be as little as saying the investment to work with you out loud on a sales call. That could be as small as having a written policy in a contract with a client and then upholding your end of it if they try to break it or push you on it. We can sit here intimately, you and me right now, and know logically that none of those things put your safety at risk. But the trouble comes in the moment, for those of you that have not retrained your internal manager... Or if you're, if you're still in the process of doing this work, right? It's not like you do it once and it's done, right? That conscious, intentional dialogue in your mind will completely define what's possible for you in your business and your life. And many of you have that voice constantly speaking to you about your business, about money, about being visible in the world in a way that triggers insecurity, choosing thoughts that make you feel unsafe, You go to post and then your brain tells you that it's not good. And if it's not good, then nobody will buy. And even worse, people will leave and then you'll be homeless on the streets. So you don't post. It takes you three months to sign your first client and your brain tells you that you'll never be able to make a living wage at this clip and you should give up and go back to the nine to five. You decide that showing up bigger and more authentically is your growth area. And then your mom questions you on your next call home to her with what you perceive as a whiff of judgment or disapproval. And all of the sudden, all of your childhood stuff gets stirred up. And that inner child inside of you is extremely worried that your family won't love you anymore and that you'll be rejected. And that totally kicks up that very base, very primal need to be loved and accepted by the tribe. So you stop showing up bigger and more authentically. You decide to double your rates and then one client doesn't resign and then your brain tells you that nobody will and everything you just spent time building is going to burn away to ash. So you go back to your former rate. Every single one of these is a very tangible, a very real example of things that I have actually coached clients on of someone not actively being with themselves in their brain. And because of that, Insecurity being created from default thinking, right? Insecurity being created through unquestioned thoughts. They're in untrained internal manager. So riddle me this, my friends. Are you creating constant safety for yourself? Because here's the deal. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a very well-regarded study of human motivation because it's stunningly fucking accurate. You cannot stretch into possibility if you have not created a foundation of safety to stretch from. 
And for so many of you, this, like the thoughts that you have in your brain, they're so deeply unquestioned. You just believe them to be true. You don't recognize their optional thoughts that are the thing that is creating you feeling unsafe because safety comes from your mind and your brain might want to argue right now. No, I'm pretty sure safety comes from my paycheck or whatever, but I want you to go back and remember that even within the realm of food and water is a fundamental human need, how much room for interpretation there was based on the person's mental hygiene, based on their mindset. And so if your level of business growth isn't where you want it to be, and you're listening to all the inspirational podcasts, and you're following all of the motivational people on Instagram, check in on how safe you are constantly helping yourself to feel. Check in on how safe you feel to say what you really believe on the internet. Check in on how safe you feel saying the things out loud about where you think your industry or your client's perspective is misguided. Check in on how safe you feel letting go of the way something has always worked in your business in order to step into the way it will need to work to get where you're going. Check in on how safe you feel hearing no when you say your price on a sales call. Check in on how safe you feel saying the hard, truthful thing to a client on a sales call when they offer an objection that you know is not serving them. Begin to get to know the feeling in your body when you've abandoned yourself and you feel unsafe. It is a signal that your scared mind is looking to you as the leader the same way my two-year-old looked to me that day on the swings. Safe, mommy? And in that moment, I dropped into deep connection with him. I locked my eyes with his. I was his promised protector, and I assured him, you're safe, baby. You're safe. So today, and every day from here on out, I want you to deeply consider what would be different in your business and your entire experience of your life if you gave yourself that gift. You are safe. I love you all so much, and I'll talk to you next week. If you are loving what you are learning on the podcast and you're ready to cultivate and radiate your unique frequency out into the marketplace so that your audience stops the scroll, sees you, and drops in to buy, your next step is joining us in the Brand Alchemy Accelerator. Once you're energetically unbound, we take the work deeper as you prepare for the solopreneur to entrepreneur transition in the pleasure and precision mastermind, more deeply cultivating your energy and then learning to powerfully harness and direct it on the front end through the precision of your marketing and selling and on the back end through setting up a business that feels like it's holding you instead of you feeling like it's one more thing you have to take care of. Head to www.katherinemorrisoncoaching.com to learn more. Oh,